Hey friends, I'm Becky Davidson. Welcome to the Rising Above Ministries podcast, where we share stories of hope, inspiration, and encouragement from special needs families from around the world. All this month at Rising Above, we are focusing on encouraging couples raising children with special needs. You know, we know firsthand around here how hard the special needs life can be and that it impacts every member of the family in a different way. And we also know how challenging it can be on marriages. So we want to provide you with some resources to encourage you on your journey. We have created a brand new devotional study for couples called Always. And it is a beautiful series that you can do together with your spouse. And it is available for free all this month through our app or our website. We also have another study for couples called There Is No Yet that's also available for free this month through the app and the website. And then in addition to these two devotional studies, we are offering our two marriage-focused retreat experiences free to download for the month of February. So we hope that you will go to our website and our app to check out these resources that we're offering to you to encourage you in your marriages as you raise your child with special needs. My guests today are some really good friends of mine, Stephen and Kendra Benton. And Stephen and Kendra live in Middle Tennessee, and they have three daughters. Their oldest daughter, Kate, is 14, and she has multiple physical, medical, and developmental needs. Stephen and Kendra have been married for 20 years, and they have a beautiful story to share with us today. So here's the conversation that I had with my friends, Stephen and Kendra Benton. Hey, Stephen and Kendra, thank you guys so much for joining me today for the podcast. I am excited to get to share more of your story. Kendra, you've been on the show before. And so, but Stephen, this is your first time with us. So I'm excited for you all to be here together. Well, thanks for having us. Uh, I look forward to speaking with you. Well, I know, because I know you guys, Kendra and I are good friends. We've been friends. Goodness, Kendra, how long now? A long time, it seems like. Like, yeah. Like nine years? I was going to say nine or 10 years. At nine least. or 10. Yeah. And so share with our listeners just a little bit about your family and where you guys live. Uh, well, Stephen and I have been married for 20 years and well, almost. And we have three girls, almost 15, 12 and almost seven. And we live in Middle Tennessee. Wow. And I can't believe how like how old they've gotten. I've I've known you. I know, I know one way we can tell how long we've known each other is because you did not have your youngest when I, I knew you. And so, not. yeah, so, so she was not part of the story at that point when we first met, but um, I, I love your story. And, and this month at Rising Above, we are celebrating marriages and we're looking at special needs marriages and just wanted to have a conversation with a couple that I know who has been through really hard things, but also some really joyful things and to have a conversation so we can share with our listeners ways that you guys have found to strengthen your marriage, to find laughter and joy in the hard things. And so you guys, what I love about you all is that you can find laughter um, in funny, you know, things that other people would think are not funny at all and and can find joy in the chaos. And so we're going to unpack some of that 
in our conversation. But your daughter who has special needs is your oldest daughter, Kate. And you said she's 14 now, which I just can't hardly even comprehend that she's that old now. But tell a little bit about Kate's adoption story and how she came to be a part of your family. Well, my husband and I had actually um, discussed our adoption on our, what, our first date. Yeah. Really oh, wow. Date. And so we both felt called to that. Um, and when we started the process, we selected, we'll accept the child that God gives to us mm-hmm. is basically what we said. And yeah. so when we got the phone call for Kate, we we did not know of the extent to her disabilities, um, but we knew that there was going to be something. Mm-hmm. Um, so that process was, you know, just, we just wanted to be parents. We wanted to, and we wanted the child that God wanted us to have. We had no clue what we were getting into, even in parenting, parenthood in general. Right. Especially, I mean, we had no clue what we were getting to, right? No, absolutely not. I think it was a big learning experience along the way. It was. So about how old was she when you started? I mean, you kind of went in knowing, okay, there's the possibility, the very real possibility that we're going to be dealing with some special needs. But when did things really start coming into view as to what you were dealing with? Well, she was a preemie, a two pound, 13 ounce uh, preemie. And so we kind of were gauging her development based on, you know, being two and a half months early. Mm -hmm. And so things didn't really hit. I would say I started to know, okay, even as a preemie, something's up here. Mm -hmm. And so I had her evaluated and she actually didn't qualify for services because of being a preemie at that time. And Mm -hmm. then Probably at about in August of uh, 2008, I saw her have her first seizure. Wow. And I knew what a seizure looked like. Um, and I recorded what was happening and we got the ball rolling. And so she had just turned one in that July when we actually got the diagnosis in August. And so when you look at that, you know, you're dealing with that, you're, you're new, young parents, mm-hmm. uh, having, you know, a child with special needs. How long had you all been married at that point? With five, five, six five years. Five or six years. Five or six years. And mm-hmm. so I'm just curious, did did each, did you handle it in different ways? I know, you know, for so many special needs parents, when you start discovering, okay, wait a minute, this life is not what we were thinking it was going to be, that sometimes the parents handle it in different ways. Was that the same for you guys? I think each one of us, I mean, both of us actually probably did it differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm more, I internalize things a lot more probably than she does, but um, I don't know. It was, it was a bit of a, a grief experience probably. Right. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was total a loss, and, I guess. When she was diagnosed, they told us that we'd have eight years most likely. Oh, and so wow. praise the Lord that we've gotten bonus years, mm-hmm. um, but he, yeah, like he internalized and I, am a doer. So I hit the right. ground run and looking up, I think a lot of special needs moms are that way. Right. We, we, we just find all the therapies and the drugs and we do this and this and this. And that's how I pushed down any grief or any, um, really emotion mm-hmm. in it. Um, I, I really didn't do too much of that in those early years. It's been these later years yeah. where that's, you know, sunk in mm-hmm. the later years have been harder just because, um, she's gotten more, uh, She's grown up. She's gotten bigger, harder to, you know. 
as you well know, the, the older they get and the bigger they get, yeah. those things, they just get harder. Mm-hmm. They do. They do. Just the whole, the whole picture of, of how you do life you know, obviously changes as, as they get older and we get older too. So, you know, (laughs) it's, it is. And, you know, when they're little, there's so many therapies and so many things that you can do that you got to find and ground yourself that your hope isn't in doctors or therapies or in all of the meds, none of that, your Mm -hmm. hopes in Jesus. And that's what, you know, the older they get is just that becomes your anchor that it's, there, your hope is found in him and his story for her. And it doesn't, it oftentimes doesn't match what our story would be for our mm-hmm. kid. Yeah. And, you know, it's that, that process of getting to that place of, of acceptance and of going, okay, God, we may yeah. not, this isn't what we thought, this isn't what we planned, but we're going to accept that this is your good for us. And so did you find yourself finally at a place of peace? when you came to just going, okay, you know what, God, this is your good for us. I know that we, we, like, I could, I can't pinpoint a time. Can you pinpoint like a, we came to a moment of peace or do you think it's just been over time? I mean, it's been a, yeah, it's, it's been over time. It's not been something that just overnight happened. Right. It's a process that we have wrestled with things over the years. Um, there have been times in the, in our marriage where, or, you know, with Kate that has been harder than others. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like seasons that wax and wane. Like yes. you have, you have seasons of peace and you have seasons of turmoil, but there's always the underlying, which you and I've had lots of conversations. The underlying current is Jesus and joy, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean at that moment when something terrible is going on, that that's what's bubbling up at the surface. Right, right. But that's at its core. Right. So I think we, you know, we're, we are currently in a season of hard with her. Mm. Um, and so, but, but the peace is there. Um, and it's even more so now than I would have said 10 years ago. Wow. Peace is more profound the, the, the longer that we have, like you said, wrestled with the Lord mm-hmm. and come to acceptance. Yeah. I think it's just, you just have to um, realize who's in control here. Mm-hmm. Um, we we don't understand a lot of things, but we do know who's in control and who has, um, you know, her future. Right. Yeah. Well, you have other daughters. You have two other girls. And yeah. tell us about your two beautiful other girls who are part of your family. Layla is a sixth grader. So this is first year of middle school. And then Nora is our first grader. Um, both both are quite hysterically funny kids. Um, they keep us in stitches. Um, I would say they both have a kind of compassionate nature, but Layla is the nurturer. Mm. Layla is the, um, super tender heart for Kate and for children with special needs. Um, it's just one of her, um, that God's placed that in her heart. Yeah. Um, where Nora is, uh, you know, She's getting there <laughs> right now. She's when she's still, younger, she's younger. She's, she's a baby, yeah, and she, yeah. just, she, you know, she she wants the attention. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I was the baby. I get that. I get that. <laughs> I, I, get that. I was the baby of my of my family. But you know, when you look at that, trying to juggle. I know you're a homeschool mom, Stephen. I know you're working from home right now. 
Mm-hmm. You know, that's a lot going on in the house during the day at one time. And so yeah. what are some things you all have done to make that work? Uh, to make the, you know, make time for the, for the other girls. Cause, because I know Kate's needs take, uh, you know, understandably so a lot of time, how in the world do y'all make that work and make each one of your girls, you know, feel seen and loved and valued? Oh, mercy. Um, that's probably the, 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 where mom guilt comes in the most for me, um, is making sure that I try to be attentive Um, each girl is unique in what their, um, you know, we know what our children's love languages are. And so we try, even if we don't, um, necessarily get complete one-on-one time with them each and every day, we try really hard to make sure that I guess the best way to say is their tank is full right? um, right. in the way that they are, they receive love. Um, we do that well some days and some days we don't, right. I mean, this life, but in most circumstances, um, I think we, we know our Nora is a cuddler and a quality time kind of kid. And so that's how her tank is filled. And Layla is more of, um, words of affirmation, you know, a note to her means the world. Mm. And so I think as long as you can figure out what their needs are to, to feel loved. Mm -hmm. That's what's most important. The rest kind of works itself out. Um, that's not to say that they don't deal with a lot more disappointment than most kids and most families do. But as we've told them, we're not most families. This is the family God put you in and kind of, it is what it is. (laughs) You know, and I think that's one of the things that often gets overlooked is what you just said there about, you know, the disappointments that they face mm-hmm. week in and week out because of not being able to do things maybe they want to do. And um, so I know one of the ways you all recently um, tried to kind of offset that a little bit was, I believe you took your two typical daughters on a trip and decided that, you know, we we're going to take just them, let Kate stay home where she's probably more comfortable anyway. Correct. Truth be told. Um, and so talk, let's talk a little bit about that because I know that was a big step to do. And what was that like? How did that go? And and talk about all the, you know, the emotions that went along with, with making that decision. Well, I mean, he can tell you as well as I can. We met a couple, um, kind of God just placed this couple in our, in our life. And it was literally just a blip. It's not a couple that we're still close with or anything but they had a daughter with uh, that was 26 with profound special needs and two other children. And we just got to visiting and they kind of encouraged, they're the ones that encouraged us saying, if we don't take trips without her, someday our daughters that are going to be responsible for their sister at some point when we're not here, they're not going to feel that they're able to do so either. They're mm-hmm. going to feel that they're the only ones that are capable of caring for Kate. And so we kind of, for lack of a better words, we kind of cripple our own daughters and in, in, in living an abundant full life, as well as crippling Kate. Kate, Kate needs experiences where we're not around. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was huge for us. Right. Yeah, I think so. Um, we've been on trips with Kate and, and now we've been on trips without and, it, it we were split on a little bit even though even though we were there i know that we we still felt like somebody was missing you know yeah 
but on the other side, we really got to experience like what I would say a typical family felt like on an actual vacation. And it, I, it, I mean, our kids just loved it. Um, they soaked it. I mean, they, they'd never gotten to have mom and dad build a sandcastle. Right. And, you know, that's something that a lot of families I'm sure take for granted is mm-hmm. that they can both be present. Uh, but as you well know, when it's time, when our kids are done, they're done. <laughs> they're done. Exactly. Yeah, you're done. Yeah. Um, and so that le- left the other two a lot of times, um, you know, like disappointed. And so every, every time it was disappointment and truthfully, our Kate, she loves the water for about 10 minutes mm-hmm. and she's yeah. done. And so even if we bring a caregiver on those trips, um, it means that the caregiver is in a, you know, a house we've rented, not where Kate's stuff is. And it makes it even harder for the caregiver to help with her because she's not in her surroundings. Um, but it was painful. It's, I guess the better, best word is bittersweet. Mm-hmm. You cherish those moments with my little two, but every family picture was like a dagger oh, to the heart wow. because my firstborn was not with me. Yeah, And it just, it, so we've decided they're not called our, it's not our family vacation. These are trips with two of our kids mm-hmm. and that's the best. And so our family vacation is something that we can do where we can take Kate with us. Yeah. You reframe it. Correct. Yeah. Reframe it. Reframe it. Well, I know you guys are super blessed in that you've got family close by who are very super supportive and um, very much so a help for you. And how has how has your have your parents um, come alongside been a help to you as you have been raising Kate now for fourteen years and now you know you have the other two girls. What are some ways that your family and your friends, I know you've got a phenomenal support support base there in your community with friends and, and how, ha, how have they come alongside and helped you guys in your journey? Well, well first of all, I've, they've been pretty amazing. Um, Kander's, Kander's parents. Um, but I think they've kind of experienced the same uh, that we have along the way. You know, they've kind of, they've kind of gone through our grief and they've gone mm. through a lot, but they've been very supportive and, you know, allowing uh, coming over here and allowing, you know, me and Kendra to go on on a date or, um, just, just giving Kendra uh, a little bit of respite, a break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A break from some of the norms. So she can just take a, take uh, a minute, take a minute. Yeah. yeah. And there, she's, my mom's uh, amazing at just showing up at, I mean, just, you've said it's a bad morning. I didn't ask for help and she just shows up. Mm. And that's, that's the biggest thing. Someone, someone once asked, you know, what can I do? Like they had another friend with special needs, just show up. Yeah. That's the best advice that you can give, uh, that I could give somebody. If you, if you feel like that little nudge, like to, how can I help just show up, Mm -hmm. help in some way, don't ask the person how you can help. And that's what my friends are really good at. They are really good at a random text message. Um, they call it a ding dong ditch where they ring my doorbell and there's a, there's a happy street on my front porch. Um, you know, they just, yeah. uh, they're good at pouring prayer. They did a huge fundraiser to help with a wheelchair van. I mean, they've just rallied to the best of their ability to help. Um, they just, they just have, they've just been a good crew. And that's such a blessing. And I know not everybody has that. Um, in their life, but when you have it, 
to be so thankful for that, you know, that you've got those people who can come alongside and be there. And like you said, some it's just a matter of being there. Some people don't, you don't know what to do, but it's just that simple thing of, hey, you're seen. I see you. I see that you're having a hard time. And just to to be that steady, steady presence there with us is so critical. Um, you know, I know there's so many things that are unique about your family. Um, and when you guys are out in the community, when you're out in your town, what do you want people to see when they look at your family? What do you want them to know about your family? Oh, mercy. That's a hard one. <laughs> uh, first hard. and foremost, when they see us and see our children, I want them to see Jesus. That's the, that's, I know that's the, that's the Bible answer, right. uh, church answer, but I want them to see us that we are living out the story that he has written mm-hmm. for us to the yeah. very best of our abilities. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we have a unique family in the first place, but I think just, just show, I think they should just see love, you know, yes. yeah, love of different races, love of different needs, you know, needs and mm-hmm. It's love, you know, that, that quote that love makes the family love does make a family, but it, it's got to have Jesus first and foremost at the center for it to be a family yeah. that's flourish. Yeah. Well, I want to talk a little bit about your married life because you guys, as you said, you've been married 20 years. So congratulations on that because that is beautiful. And I know a little bit about your love story and and how you all met, but share a little bit because there's there's a little bit of an age difference, I believe, a between a little bit. little bit between you guys. So share a little bit about your love story and how you all met. Maybe not in maturity. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I won't I won't touch that one. I won't touch that one. Well, um, I you know I don't. I, we met in church, did. and um, I think that was probably one of the biggest, you know, components components of our, of, um, our relationship. relationship. Because you know, we immediately believed the same thing, had a lot of the same thought processes on things. Um, you know, we we, we just clicked we, that yeah. way. So I think if you don't, if you're unequally yoked, it's not going to go very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but met met in the hallway of church in uh, college, um, and yes, there is an age difference—about eight and a half years. <laughs> he did not know that when he asked me for my number, though. <laughs> I did not. I did, he did not. not know that. That was a surprise. that was a surprise. It was a surprise, but it was too late, met Becky. Once it, you met, it, me, it was I supposed to be. It was love, and it was supposed to be. So no, that's right. And honestly, he got me. I mean, he was cute, but he was funny and mm. I like to laugh. And yeah. that was what did it for me. Yeah. And I think that that laughter has been a saving grace in your marriage. Oh, my gosh. Over all these years and and all that you've been through. And, uh, you know, I think that's one of the things that I love about you guys. I know, you know, Kendra, you and I talk often and mm-hmm. just, you know, some of the stories that you have shared over the years and of things that you're you know, these, these messes and these things that we have to do. And yet you all have found a way to find laughter and all that. How, how have you done that? And how has that been a saving grace for you all? Well, I mean, he would tell you his goal in life is to make me laugh every day. And Mm -hmm. he's, it's 20 years now. He's pretty much done it every day. (laughs) It's either been at or with him. Um, Yeah. 
But, you know, when it comes to Kate and bathroom humor and things like that, and now, you know, you even have, we have a girl and it's not, most dads, when you've got a 14, almost 15 year old daughter, wouldn't really be involved. Right. He has no choice. So we have lots of humorous funnies just to get you through. And I mean, one of the jokes is like when we're changing a diaper, it's like he makes it his mission to get it all over his hands. Uh, so like we have laughed and laughed and even our other children have gotten in on the joke like, oh, daddy did it again. So, I mean, if you don't laugh together about the hard stuff mm-hmm. and the, just the day to day hard stuff, when the real hard stuff comes, yeah. then you're then you're up a creek without a paddle. Um, and that's for uh, at least for us, that is the key. It's I mean, it's, it's our strong point. I think it's mm-hmm. our strong point. We both love to laugh and love to make each other laugh. And, you know, when you're in a situation where I'm about to start crying because something's hard and he makes an, you know, an irreverent or, you know, inappropriate <laughs> joke, it's, and it's timed the perfect timing. It makes things better for a minute, Yeah, maybe not for the whole day, but yeah. it makes that minute better. And you kind of, kind of catch your breath. It, it, it's uh, it, it forces a break somehow. Yeah. yeah. It kind of resets the moment and correct. Yeah. And, and you can, you can find the humor in the hard. And I think you guys, that is one of the things I have so loved about watching you all over the years. It's just when you and I, Kendra have had conversations and you've shared some of the funny stories and, Things maybe that, that maybe the the story wasn't funny, but how you all responded and laughed and and turned it into something like okay, look, this is going to be hard one way or the other, but we can at least find some joy in this moment. Um, yeah. But I know you guys have faced some really hard things. You know, I know Kate has spent quite a bit of time in and out of the hospital. She's had some pretty major procedures that required lots of recovery time and. You know, how, I know this is something that a lot of our families face. You know, you've got kids in and out of the hospital. You've got multiple children that you're trying to care for. How did you all, in those seasons, make that work in your marriage? It's been a real divide and conquer kind of situation, really. And um, and goes some somewhat to her parents helping a little bit, too. But Mm-hmm. We've we've had to divide and conquer most of our marriage mm-hmm. with Kate, or since Kate came along. Most of the time, I'm in the hospital. Most of the time, I think he's done one hospital stay by himself with her. Most of the time, it's me, and then my mom, uh, you know, comes and helps as well when we're in the hospital situation. Um, but I mean, truthfully, it's just it works that way. It's it stinks, but it works when I'm just the one there with her. Right. Um, because I think you and I are similar in that we kind of have all the medical mm-hmm. jargon and all right. the, it's, it's like stuck up there in the part of our brain. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and so, um, that just ends up being where I am. But at least our kids are with a parent. Right. On, on That's what we've always person. tried to say is we truly tried to keep one of us in the home with the girls mm-hmm. so that they have some consistency. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so hard, you know, trying to to keep all of that, those parts moving and keep everybody's needs met. And you just, you do the best that you can in that moment. And, uh, you know, it's it's not an easy thing. People who, who don't live this life really can't comprehend 
how challenging those seasons are when we have a, a child who, you know, when you were having to be separated. Right. Um, right. You know, one of the things that Jeff and I, when we were married, talked so much about before he passed away about, you know, the importance of trying to be on the same page. You know, we so often would work with couples and when you would look at therapies or treatments or things that, that might be possibilities to help your child. So often, you know, we would see one parent thought, yes, we need to do this. This is what we need to do. And another parent would be, no, we're not going to do this. And then that's when we would see conflict come in, in relationships when either when they weren't on the same page or one parent just was like, you know, we're just wouldn't, wasn't doing what they needed to do. And so what have you guys seen in your relationships as when you look at the importance of being on the same page and the importance of being in agreement before you move forward with any treatment plan, any therapies, any medication when you're looking at Kate? Well, I would say that um, for the most part, we've been on the same page, but um, when we have disagreed on anything, you know, we typically would pray for for that decision. Um, and if we didn't, if we didn't both agree, we would just not do it. Mm-hmm. Um, right. That's pretty much, I mean, like, I mean, one we, of us, uh, if one of us, uh, did, you know, wanted to, and one of us didn't, then we, we just couldn't feel comfortable moving forward. Yeah. Um, not be on the same page. That hasn't, I mean, honestly, I can't think of many <laughs> situations that's yeah. actually happened in, in for us. Um, because he does, I mean, we both trust each other. And so if he is, if Stephen tells me that he doesn't feel comfortable doing something, then I'm going to listen to that mm-hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. and honor that same, same for him with me. And yeah. so, you know, then you go, that's, that's where that whole Jesus first and you go and you pray and you ask the Lord to give you peace. And sometimes that has happened. Like the other party has decided, okay, I, I've got a piece about it now. And so that's when we would move forward. Mm-hmm. And I think that that trust gets built when you know that your spouse is praying and they're seeking yes. God and, and that you can trust them in Absolutely. what the decision is. Well, there have been times when, you know, you know, Kendra, you know, prayed and felt very led by the Lord of a certain decision. And, you know, when she tells me those kinds of things, it's kind of like, yeah, I get you. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. I get you. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. So you guys have been, you know, you're veterans, you're veterans, special needs parents, you're veterans at being married now because you've been married 20 years. So I know that there are couples who are listening to this podcast right now who are struggling, who are thinking about throwing in the towel, who are like, I just can't keep doing this. What would you say to those parents who are really struggling right now? Well, um, I mean, you got to keep going, but I mean, you've got to, you got to seek God in a lot of this because, um, you know, he's where the joy is really. If you mm-hmm. don't, if, if you're not like, um, if you're not seeking his, you know, will and, you know, you're not, um, you know, getting into the word and going to church and, you know, you know, getting involved with groups of people and then you're going to, you're going to face difficulties because you're not, you know, you you don't have people coming in, feeding things into your life. You don't have, um, you know, peace about decisions. Mm -hmm. Right. 
I think, I think for, for me, when we, he and I discussed this question, like we were just both saying, if you give up, you're giving up on the only other human being that can truly fathom every emotion, the trauma, the, the good, the, the beauty that you've gotten to see when you didn't think your child would walk and they take steps, all these little things that are good and bad. There's no other person that number one, loves that child the same way you do as a parent. And that has walked the journey out with you. Um, and that's what we've, we've always said, like we, we've never understood because for in our marriage, the diagnosis of Kate's diagnosis, it drew us closer to each other. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we know that that doesn't, that sometimes doesn't happen for special needs marriages because it can be very stressful. But Stephen's also one that says, you know, I wanted to be a dad, just like you wanted to be a mom. I, you don't, dads don't get to step away just because it didn't turn out the way yeah. they thought it would. Yeah. Um, and I think that's for us is there's hard Becky, but oh my gosh, we would have missed out on so much joy in so many ways that we can see the hand of God moving in Kate's life and in our other children's lives. If we, I mean, and, and then we would have missed that on the joy of getting to grow closer because of those big things and little things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, for those families who are struggling to, to go and get, it's, there's no shame in going to see a counselor. There's no shame in getting help. Absolutely. There's no shame in going to talk to someone if you're struggling uh, to try to help you through any of those challenges that you may be facing. And I think Stephen, his point with church and being in the word and getting involved is, and he could even say there were years where we were so isolated that we were even isolated away from church and now being back involved and him being in Sunday school. And it it totally changes your perspective when you don't isolate yourselves Mm -hmm. um, and getting involved. Um, that feeling like you're the only family in the world that looks like yours, the enemy wants us to just soak that up and just live in that. He doesn't want us to realize that God has abundance for us, Mm -hmm. even amidst parenting special needs children. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this year at Rising Above, we are focusing on restoration and we're focusing on allowing God to restore those broken and beat up places in our soul. And So we're asking all of our guests on the podcast to just share what they're personally doing right now that's allowing restoration to take place in their life. So what would each one of you say to that? What are you doing right now that's restorative to you and your soul? Um, So we, this year we made the decision to um, read the Bible throughout the entire year, Mm -hmm. read the entire Bible uh, every day. For the entire year and together, together. We're doing it together in the mornings. And, um, you know, we've learned a lot. <laughs> we've learned a lot just in the, just in Genesis. I mean, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. But so much like just, there's so much like bad stuff, but so much like, you know, his grace and grace mercy. It in, involved in all that. And just, you know, I don't know. It's, it's been restorative to both of us in the fact that we are we are doing it together. Mm-hmm. And so we we literally drink our coffee, we do the reading, we listen to a podcast together. 
and the communication, it, it's all about the Lord and what we're learning there instead of any kind of focus on Kate or our other children, it's all about him for that, that time when we're discussing it and it's caused both of us to grow. Um, and there is nothing better than learning about families that were really had some issues, Becky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm reading through as well. So I, yeah, I'm with you. Yes. yeah. when you're doing that and you're going mercy, yeah. Well, we're just, we're just barely dipping our toe in that, in that, the line of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it makes you go, you're, you're so much more able to handle the stuff that's going on in your own world. Uh-huh. When you realize how much his mercy was poured in, in the scriptures, yeah. and he's given you just that same mercy yeah. and it restores. I think that's what we both talked about. It's been the best thing we've ever done in our marriage was to decide to do that together. Well, I think that is wonderful. And I'm doing the same thing. And I've thought this the, the exact same thing, reading through these the, the different things of going, <laughs> oh my goodness. goodness. We're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, if God can use them, he can use me, you know. Amen. So Amen. It's, it's great. Well, Stephen and Kendra, thank you guys so much for your time. I love your heart. I love your story. I love um, just the way that you love your girls so well. And I just appreciate you taking the time to have this conversation and sharing from your hearts today. Well, we, uh, we thank you for having us. Thank you for listening to the Rising Above Ministries podcast. If you like what you hear, please take a minute to leave us a rating and review. This helps others like you find our content more easily. You can learn more about how Rising Above Ministries is encouraging the special needs community by checking out our website at risingaboveministries.org or by finding us on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to connecting with you.